Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Tonight we are discussing undocumented citizens and affirmative action and maybe a couple of other topics um, if we have the time to get to them. But first, for those of you who may be new to the show, let me explain to you how everything works here at T2Q. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, All of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, Simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, 
then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 609 starts right after a word from thecrystalshow.com and realweightoff.com. This wild thing. And you tuned in to the hottest show on the globe, The Crystal Show. I the Crystal Show is back with great new musical artist interviews, great author interviews, get crystallized celebrity buzz, and all of the funny, entertaining insights that you have grown to love about The Crystal Show. Let's not forget about our great segment from a pimp's perspective with Eminem himself. Stream the podcast that will air every Thursday and Saturday. Hit subscribe on thecrystalshow.com to stay up to date on the newest podcast. See you there, baby. Visit realweightoff.com. We offer our customers HCG and vitamin injections, B12 shots, lipo, and oral drops to help you lose weight and feel wonderful. Our products will help you achieve your weight loss goals and prevent many medical conditions. All of our products are made in the USA by a licensed pharmacist using the highest quality materials and all are carefully formulated and tested for safety and efficacy. So visit realweightoff.com and order HCG injections, B12, lipo, and HCG drops. We offer a 10% discount to first-time buyers. Visit realweightoff.com. Feel free to visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HCG injections for weight loss. Or visit us on Twitter at HCG weight underscore loss. All right, my thanks to thecrystalshow.com and realweightoff.com for being supporters of T2Q. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. Um, before I get just go to the phone lines, I guess, I, I want to mention this quickly, and I'll talk about it more towards the end of the show. Um, T2Q and Blog Talk Radio are getting a divorce. Um, it's kind of a long story. Like I said, I'll probably get to some of it at the end of the show, but the show is going away from blog talk radio. So if you want to keep up with the show, go to talk to and you can subscribe to my email newsletter and you can keep up with what's happening in the future home of T2Q. But at some point in the future, there is going to um, be a disconnection with the people here at blog talk radio after a five year relationship. So, um, like I said, I will get into that a bit later on why we wound up in divorce court. But in the meantime, I want to go to the phone lines and get started with the show. To the Motor City of Detroit, I want to welcome on the author, the show hostess, and the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's happening, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. How are you? I'm fine. 
Excellent. All right. Well, let me go to the 850, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. So welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring, the Buckster. What's happening, Buck? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Hey, Buck. Doing well, man. How's it going with you? Hey, Crystal. I'm doing all right. How are you? How's everybody? Good. <laughs> doing great. We will go ahead and get started. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Um there was a young lady, and I have misplaced her name. But anyway, so there was a young lady who recently graduated high school. And so this is in Austin, Texas. And she graduated high school, and she was valedictorian. She decided to put on Twitter um, that she was a valedictorian. And that she was excited. She said, I'm 17. I'm a valedictorian. I have great legs. Oh, and also, I'm, I'm an undocumented citizen. Well, she could not prepare for the, she was not prepared for the backlash that she received behind that. Uh, this is someone who got a full scholarship to the University of Texas in Austin. And a lot of people are upset over the fact that, you know, she's undocumented. And she's made use of our public school system. She's a valedictorian, which means that, you know, a documented citizen is not valedictorian. And she's getting a scholarship that a documented citizen is not getting. So, Crystal, let me start with you first. Hispanic high school valedictorian, college scholarship, tweets that she's undocumented. Should she be deported or should she be allowed in college? Well... (laughs) You know, I'm on the fence, sort of, um, I guess on both sides, I guess. Um, on the one hand, you know, she did, you know, do her due diligence in high school, and she got the grades, and she became a valedictorian, and she um, earned that um, scholarship. On the other hand, um I am not versed on the laws, uh, specifically of um, immigrants, as far as um, you know, the illegals uh, coming into this country, but also still getting um, assistance and things of that nature and and all that. That's one thing I haven't really looked into, but just on an opinion side, uh, no. I don't think she should be able to get the scholarship because I'm pretty sure that in the scholarship on the university policy, you probably need to be a U.S. citizen or, you know, legally um, able to be here. There are visas that people get in order to come here to go to school, uh, et cetera. So um, that was probably not a good idea for her to even say that. I'm sure her family is very upset that she even mention that. That's one thing I'm sure that they want to keep under wraps. And um, I, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I mean, mean, I'm I'm glad that she was able to do what she did. And obviously she was very proud of it. But on the other hand, it's illegal. It's kind of like driving without a license. You can still drive. (laughs) You know, you can still obey the law. (laughs) 
and um, drive your car. But if you get pulled over and stopped, they're going to find out that you don't have a license and they're going to take the car away. Or, you know, you're going to pay a really huge fine in order to be rectified. You're going to take your license and be suspended, you know, on and on. I mean, it's just, so I guess that if um, she got those things straightened out, I don't know how all, all of that takes, then she could continue, of course, her education and go on, you know, after whatever process that is. So I'm not that angry about it, but I, like I said, I'm on, on the both sides. But on the other side of it, mainly because there are so many, I've heard so many um, legal uh, immigrants talk about how they went through the process. They left their families behind. They came in. They worked. They got the money. They got their families over. They did the process, and it took a long time, but they were proud to be an American citizen. So I guess for them, I would say I would be a little upset if I was them because that's, that's what they did in order to be here and be here legally and um, be an American citizen. It's a big deal. So, so yeah. All right, Buck, what do you think, man? I mean, Crystal kind of laid it out, but should she be deported or should she be allowed to go ahead and go to UT? Wow, I mean, man, this is, uh, I'm kind of on the fence as well. Um, I already went to school, you know, or he, I can't remember if you said it was she or he, but. um, It's a she. You know, it's a she. I mean, the bottom line of it is, is that, you know, you come to this country and you go to school here. Um, my thing is you should be an American citizen. You shouldn't be getting a free ride once you go to college. Um, there's a lot of Americans that work hard, that already live here, that already paid their dues and could miss out on a scholarship or, you know, going to college because somebody else, you know, like a valedictorian, uh, like in, in this particular instance, or uh, salutatorian or what have you, and they're not legal, get the spot that a normal legal person in the that you know would get. So in my opinion, in this particular instance, I don't think, you know, once she, you know, gets in there and says, you know, she's not legal, then if she's not legal, then she needs to, you know, vacate the country vacate the country. Um, it's it, you know Everybody, you know, everybody has a chance to, you know, do do what is necessary to become a citizen of this country. If you come here and you want to be a citizen, then go through the process. Don't, you know, go, don't slip through the cracks and then brag about it. And that's kind of what I'm thinking that, you know, this particular girl has done. So, no, she shouldn't go to, you know, shouldn't go to college or, or you know, free. You know, she should pay her dues just like any other citizen would. So, you know, she should be deported. Okay. All right. Well, um, Crystal, let me go back to you and ask, how can someone go through public school without getting, without any paperwork? I mean, isn't there something that would have come up that should have required some documentation? You know, apparently not. These, I mean, they're really good at this. I mean, I I, I know the, I, just from, being on the you know outskirts of it, I mean, I know it, it is a hard process. It's not something just easy, and it does take years for them to become legal citizens. And um, 
which is and it's very expensive. So it's that's why they sneak over here, um, you know, and they go through the barriers or whatever to get here. Or they, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of underground stuff that happens to get them get them here without having to pay the enormous fees and and go through what they, what a normal person has to go through in order to become a citizen. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I. I am sure that her family has been dealing with this for, you know, years to make sure that she stays in school and that she and the rest of her family, I'm sure, you know, is more, who, you know, they sacrificed a lot. And I think this was a moment of teenage, you know, millennial shit where you just do a selfie, happy selfie day for everybody, and you just, you know, you're excited and you're happy and you just want, you're proud and you're like, look, right. I'm undocumented and I did this. You should let it. I mean, I, that's an immature uh, stance because, I'm like I said, I'm sure her family are like, you, God damn it. All this shit they did and they may not be legal themselves, you know. Um, yeah. So you, you fucked up everything. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I mean, as far as the documentation, I'm sure there are ways, and you know how things go through the cracks. I mean, shit. <laughs> you can get a whole new social security number if you want it. So, it, thing, you can do it. It can happen. So, and I'm sure this is something they do all the time. This is their life, you know, of hiding and, um, you know, trying to be low-key and get through each day, you know, just like, you know, similar to if you live in one county, and you want your kids to go to a school in a better county, then you go and you get an address and you pretend that you live at this address when you don't, you know. And so you, your kid can go to the school without you having to pay a million dollars in tuition fees. So people do it all the time. So that means there's ways. And I'm sure they've perfected it, you know, albeit illegal, of course. But they're just right. trying to live their life. It was a very bad thing that you – it's a very bad thing anyway that they even have to do this, and that's a whole other topic, I guess, but um, the fact that, you know, she probably ruined a lot for her family, and um, just uh, this one moment of being excited, which she should be excited, but, yeah, she didn't, like I said, she didn't realize the outcry that would come, because she probably didn't really truly understand what her parents and her family are going through on a day-to-day basis. Just like many kids, they don't understand. They see you walking around, coming in from work or doing whatever. They have no idea what it takes to maintain the illusion of, of you know, a house and roof and food. You know, they have no idea what it takes, you know. So, and I, I feel for her because, like I said, I'm on both ends of it. I'm just like, and she did this great thing, you know, but... Now it's it's going to cost. I'm I'm very very sure it's going to cost her family and her. And and um, also I see there's actually two girls who made the announcement within a recent week within the last couple of weeks. Uh, Maite Ibarra of Austin and Larissa Martinez of McKinney. We're both, uh, let's see, Austin to was to go, excuse me, Ibarra is to go to Texas, and Martinez was supposed to go to Yale. So, yeah. A lot of people have called for their deportation, and 
Yeah. U.S. Representative Mark Veazey, who's a Democrat out of Fort Worth, um, he's been taking a stand on the teenagers um, in their situation. But there are a lot of people calling for their heads, and they're not quite letting them leave the news yet. And, Buck, how do you feel about the school's responsibility? I mean, shouldn't high schools police this type of thing? I know in some high schools, like Crystal said, people try to change their address. You have some people who, like, I've heard follow kids home to see where they stay and things of that nature. I mean, what lengths should a high school go through to make sure you are who you say you are? Well, I think in today's society, you know, in the type of world we live in where, you know, anything's a threat, I think the schools should take this very seriously. Um, you know, it's just high time for the whole whole country to start stepping up and start doing, you know, doing the, the necessary checks. So these types of things won't happen. I'm quite sure the parents, you know, thought they were doing the right thing. You know, they're trying to get their kids an education just like, just like any other normal citizen would. However, with the safety issues that we live in in today's today's world, we just have to do our due diligence. Things like this shouldn't happen. I understand that, you know, the, that the parents were trying to get an education for the kid, but if you ain't legal, you got you got to go. So it's just, you know, there's too many there's too many jobs in this country that are taken by illegal immigrants every year. Um and that's that's cutting out a, a citizen that's born in this country, you know, first of all is lowering the wage. Second of all, they're, you know, underqualified. Third of all, they shouldn't be here because they're not legal. So with all that being said, you know, it's unfortunate. I understand what the parents were, were trying to do. You know, they're, they're probably in the country where they came from. You know, they couldn't go to school or they, you know, get, you know, depending on where they were, where they were coming, where they came from, they could have been killed or what have you. I understand all that. But if you make the effort to change countries, then you should also take the, you know, take the effort, make the effort to do what is necessary to become a, a citizen of the new country that you come, that you have come to. It may take you three years, it may take you five years or eight years or whatever it is. I, and I've seen this firsthand because when I worked with Stanley Steamer, they had a Mexican girl that worked there, and she was illegal. And I don't think she's legal yet, but yet she's working. And she's a fucking bitch on top of it. Um, so <laughs> that's, and I hate, I hate to even say it like that, but I'm just being real. And you know, like. they, they treat it like a little pit, but that's a job that could go to a bona fide legal citizen in this country that, you know, she has poor, you know, she has poor customer service skills. And she pretty much just does what the other people, what the owners say. Well, that's fine, but in my opinion, if you're illegal and you shouldn't, you're not a citizen of this country, then you know you need to be deported back to the country where you came from. And those jobs need to go to citizens of the country versus an illegal immigrant, because that, I mean, they just that just really hurts our, our economy, and they just shouldn't be here. Okay. And now, Crystal, um, the U.S. Representative Mark Veazey, out of the Democrat out of Fort Worth, plans to commend the two teenagers on the House floor 
and introduced a resolution recognizing the two for their bravery and leadership in addressing anti-immigrant sentiments um, and things of that nature. Now, he's trying to pass something called the American Dream Promise Act, which is Bill, uh, which is H.R. 5503, and it would prohibit public universities from discriminating against unauthorized immigrants. So, I mean, how do you feel about that, Chris? So, I mean, unauthorized immigrants would have opportunities to pursue higher educations. Does that mean they're getting grants and loan monies that I guess should be reserved for citizens? Or does it not matter if you are have the education level to make the grade? Uh, you know. I know, right? Isn't it just a mess? Well, the thing is, that um, for a lot of the people, I think, you know, when you, when you think about some of the things that Trump has proposed on a very extravagant level um, regarding closing the borders, et cetera, um, to me, I think what probably what this bill is speaking to um, is kind of a, a grandfathered type of law uh, where you have honest people who have been here for years and years and they have, you know, they don't have a criminal record. They haven't done anything. Um, they're just trying to live their life. Uh, you know, that's, in other words, you're trying to say, okay, you're here. Um, you've been here. You haven't been causing any problems. You've been here for years. Let's take away the illegality of the fact that you've been here for so long. I think that's what he's trying to pass. I mean, in, especially being in the state of Texas, um, you know, California, you know, in those areas in Mexico where they're trying to, they're right on the border and everything, and they're, and they're trying to deal with a situation um, that you, you can't literally kick everybody out. You really can't do that once they're here. Um, so this is, you know, I'm sure he's trying to address that issue and i would i would not be um I, w- I wouldn't take offense to that and i wouldn't um be against that at all really because you know that they have been here for a long time a long time like this has been going on for generations you know and and you know they're here and i mean so it's you know it's kind of kind of like what we're dealing with with marijuana and things you know different things you it's not really hurting anybody, um, so let's make it legal and take away the crim- the, the criminal aspect of it. Um, and not living in those states, um, I don't deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Um, and but I think that you know a lot of them do, and it's like they're they're people. And you know, as far as taking jobs away, oh, if you're an illegal. Uh, immigrant, alien, whatever, um, you're basically on on the level of a felon. Uh, you know, you're not going to get major jobs. You know, I mean, you're really not. I mean, there may be a spattering who's able to debunk the system for quite a while until they're able to fake it until they make it kind of a thing. But um, most of them do not have major positions. They're just trying oh, to I work. Agree. On a lower level, just trying to get by. Citizens who are, I don't know too many citizens who are fighting to pick fruit and be janitors and things of that nature. 
Right. They're just trying. They're just trying to survive because they know that's the only thing they can get from a job that they can get paid off the books, you know, and, and you know, whatever. Because and then you have to look at okay, if you're going to criminalize them, then you of course you have to criminalize the companies and the people who are hiring them, and you have to find them as well. Yeah, you know, for if not more, actually, because you know the maid is not going to have that much money, but you definitely have to fire the person who hired her, and and on, and the company who hired the janitors and the people who worked in different places, you know, whatever. You have to, and, and the fact of them, like, what is it? Uh, well, I think it's Texas, maybe in California, where they are kind of lined up, waiting to be, you know, work for a day, in whatever construction or something. I mean. You have to make that a, crim- a crime to do that, just like selling a prostitution. You have to make it a crime um, if you want it to stop, which, of course, prostitution doesn't stop. That doesn't stop. People still do it, you know. I mean, so he, I think with a bill like this, he's just saying, look, if the people are here, they're good people, they're not running in gangs, you know, they're not whatever. And, of course, half of the gang members, are they were born here. But... They're not, like, um, doing anything, you know, illegal except for the fact that they're here. It's just a matter of um, it's just a technicality almost, you know. And I, I, I take it back to driving without a license. It's a, it's a technicality. It, you having a license or having your papers right on your car is not going to make you a better driver. You can still, you know, go out and kill people <laughs> or right. whatever. But... I think that's what that speaks to, and I, I don't see anything wrong with him doing that, and I think that something has to be done. And I, I think that that's one of the ways that you can do it for the people who are, who've proven themselves and, and just allow them, maybe make the process a little less expensive and give them X amount of time to say, okay, you're here, now you, go, you get to go through this process. It's not going to cost you, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars. Just do it. And then it's done, you know. And so that bill, I think, would have to include that in order for Let them me ask to, you, to people to say okay. Let me ask you this. This um, representative who's bringing them to the House floor to praise them, is he making things worse? Because what would have probably been, a, you know, a small story is, has now grown. I mean, I've come across it. Uh, more people will hear about it on the news, which means more people will probably complain. So is it is it making things worse? I don't think he's making it worse. I think it would have been – he was trying to offer a, a solution. And within that community, I'm sure that is something that most of them feel, that here, look, we're, we're, we are good citizens. We, we, you know, we have smart kids who want to be, you know, contribute to society. They're not – you know, we're not all – Gringos and whatever. We're not all bad people. You know, you're lumping us into this category um, just because I don't happen to have a piece of paper. You know, so I think that's what he's speaking to, just to say, you know, to speak to his community and you know, and and his people that that he represents. So no, I don't don't think so because I think it would have found out anyway because we're right in the middle of an election year, and that is a hot topic. So it would have been picked up anyway. Hot topic, but um, the, I, I mean, should should she be exempt because her parents brought her over here, right? Her parents 
brought her over here undocumented, which I'm assuming they probably are too. But so should the child be exempt from something the parents did? I mean, shouldn't she have a right to just go ahead and go to school since she didn't ask to necessarily be here? No, she shouldn't be exempt. And uh, it's like, it's just in, I'm just going by this by simply because I've experienced it by seeing it. Um, and I just, I just feel that, you know, I get that, you know, I, I don't agree with, you know, making that, you know, making that exemption for them. I think if you want to be a member of this, you know, be a citizen of the country, you got to, you know, go through the process. Now, if they, you know, want to come up with a law that gives them a certain amount of time to do so, then great, that's fine. But I think they, I don't think we should grandfather them in. I think they should make it where it's affordable for them to do it and get it done. However, you know, I understand that, you know, you can't get rid of everybody all at one time and all that kind of stuff. I get all of that. But I still think they need, in order to benefit, from you know, benefit you know to go to school and those types of things. I think you should you know be be a legalized citizen. So give them an X amount of time, three months, six months, whatever that whatever the law the law is that they come up with. But granted, I don't think they should be granted grandfathered in. I think they should go through the processing and be legalized citizens. Um, simply because, you know, I don't, you know, you grandfather all of that in, that's like grandfathering a trailer in a, you know, $300,000 plus, um, $300,000 plus neighborhood. I wouldn't want my, I wouldn't want a trailer right across from my $350,000 house and they get grandfathered in. That just doesn't make sense to me. So, (laughs) and, and, they do. They do. They do this in Florida because I've seen it. So that's crazy. Yeah, that brings that brings down your property value, and you you know you or you know if your even if the trailer is in a different neighborhood, it can be behind your house. It would devalue your house. So the same same rules apply in this in this particular instance. You have to be a citizen to you okay. know, Therefore, you therefore you benefit from all the spoils, you know, all the things, all the advantages you would have as, you know, a legalized citizen. So I think, you know, they need to come up with a law that doesn't grandfather men, but make them earn their keep. Um, it doesn't matter whether they have a criminal record or not. They have to they have to go through the process. Um, and that's, I mean, I know there's a lot of good people out there, and I, I get that, but I just think that, you know, you have to go through the process, though, because there's a lot of people in this country that don't get the, There's, a, you know, some of those people get a lot more breaks than we do, and we've been citizens here all our lives. So I don't think they should be getting a bunch of free rides. I think they need to earn it just like we do. I think Crystal has something to say. I don't agree. I don't agree with your analogy. I kind of hear what you're trying to say, but your analogy kind of equates these people to lower-class people. 
well, that was um, to a, say that you don't that deserve a, to be a part of me, because, part, you know, to live in the country next to me simply because no. um, you are less than I am. That's exactly what you just said. I know that's kind of how it sounded, but I just had to, that was kind of a, an example. That's the best one I could come up with. Um, cause I really, I couldn't think, I was trying to think of what I could, you know, what I could say, but that's the best thing I could say. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I know, the it, grand... it, I know it sounded kind of rough, but that's just, well, grandfather you know, only means that, um, we are not going to charge what you've done so far. So we're going to let go of the fact that you came here, you know, illegally, however you got here, we don't want to know or whatever. It doesn't matter now. However, you still have to go through a process. I mean, I mean, it, it wouldn't be just automatic. It would be, you know, you would have to still go through a process. From oh, Grandfather only means from now moving forward. So, in other words, you wouldn't be deported. But I do agree that if you have a record, yeah, you should be deported because you're not helping, just like with anything, you're, because what are we going to do, put you in, into our overcrowded jail? So, yeah, I think those people should be deported back to wherever, but everybody else and most of the people who this is affecting are not criminals. They're just people who are trying to make a better life for themselves, and they and they did it the best way they knew how. So that's why I'm saying that a, a bill such as this or, you know, those that they can work on really should and I'm sure would, you know, if I'm saying it, some local yokel saying it. I mean, someone, you know, who are dealing in the law would definitely say, look, you're going to have to, they're still going to have to go through the process. It's just not going to, we're not going to charge them for the fact that they're here. They're here now, there it is. And from now on, you have to still go through the process. But you have to make it also make it an avenue for them to be able to go through the process. Because you can't say, okay, yeah, you, now you can you can get a car. Sure, here, I don't know why I keep going back to cars, but you can get a car or whatever, and you can do whatever, but um, you, but you still have to come up with $5,000 right now. It's like, what? That doesn't help me. I'm still in the same situation. I'd rather be illegal and drive all the time, you know, and without anybody knowing. So that you can't do that either. You can't put a block up because you're just, you know, pigeonholing people into a circle. So you do have to make an avenue for them, and they have to be able to abide by that avenue. But, yeah, I don't know. That was my only thing. It just it struck me that you compared these people to a trailer who are, you know, <laughs> bringing down your beautiful home as if everybody in America who was – we didn't do anything to, to you know, our, our – we didn't do anything to be American citizens at the time of being born. Okay, so um, yeah. so I didn't really do anything. I mean, I didn't have to take a test when I was born to say, Not are you worthy of being yeah. here? If so, go back up, you know, or whatever, or you will be destroyed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one said that. The show does not think that undocumented citizens are equivalent to trailers in high-dollar neighborhoods. Uh, <laughs> I know. I mean, what is that? Like, we're living in fucking paradise over here. Um, and you know, and everybody is just doing. In- but what you just stated, Crystal, is very interesting because that's essentially what it is. We're privileged because of where we were born. All we all we did was benefit from our parents being here in the United States, and us being born. And now, you know, we're citizens, and we're pointing the finger. At other people who are simply just didn't have um, the luck that we did. 
as far as being citizens. And let me go to the phones to the 601 area code, the Magnolia State of Mississippi. To welcome uh, the man, the myth, the Minister of Sexual Affairs, my boy Eminem. What's happening, bro? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? What up, man? And Eminem, we're kind of finish up, finishing up the talking. The topic on undocumented workers, and Crystal made a great point when she says that, you know, essentially a lot of us thumb our nose at undocumented citizens um, or undocumented inhabitants. I don't know what you want to call them. Um, in our country, when the only thing we did was be born here. I mean, none of us took a test, probably couldn't pass the test. And why do we make it so hard on them for trying to earn a living simply because they unfortunately didn't win the birth lottery and wasn't born, you know, in the United States. Wow. Um, I'm going to take that same thing and spin it around different. (laughs) That that almost sounds like a Western ego thing. This is like, it's not a privilege to be born in the United States, you know. Um, Now, if you're coming from a certain situation, of course you want better. I'm not saying that, but it's like it's like there's no such thing as one world. It's just like if all of a sudden the United States became the poorest nation in the world or something like that or something terrible was going on, the same inhabitants of – and I have nothing against immigration and all that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it like that, but – it's almost like that movie Day After Tomorrow or whatever, when the shit hit the fan and, and Americans had to flee to Mexico. I mean, it's just like it gets to a point where it gets to a point where there's limits on everything. It's no different than your home. It's not that you want to see somebody go hungry and stuff like that, but at the same time, for you to have a certain standard of living, um, you can only, uh, you know, you can only have so much. It's no different than uh, basic supply or demand in, in, in nature. You know, it's like if if there's a pond that can sustain a certain amount of life, then that's sufficient. But if it's, if you add more, then guess what? The, the, the food soil is going to not be able to replenish itself naturally and starvation is going to happen and drought and because everything just kind of bottles down. Now, we're humans. And a lot of times we don't think that affects us that way, but it does. Um, and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and another point with that is, as a black man in America, it's like it's different when it's different when people come and they have a certain skill or something like that. But it's like it's like. Y'all owe us, man. Y'all owe us before you start worried about, you know, helping somebody else. And there's nothing wrong with helping nobody else, but I'm mean, like, it's people fucked up here. Now, yeah, we got crackheads here. We got sorry people here, but we also have a whole lot of people that would love to have certain opportunities, you know. And every time somebody comes over, then that's an extra person, you know. Um, and it's, it's nothing personal against another country, but, hell, they'll feel the same way if if you told if you told um I take a country that's not even controversial, you take uh Great Britain. Hell, Americans can go back and forth to, to the UK all day. But if you start say the whole fucking country, you're gonna relocate basically New York City to the UK, they're not gonna uh, they're like, Oh hell no, nah, we can't do that. So it gets to everything has a limit. And right. um 
when you're talking about not hundreds of thousands, when you're talking about 14, 15 million undocumented people, regardless of where they come from, I could care less if they Mexican, Syrian, and all that. It don't matter. The thing is, is that um, when shit hit the fan, okay, when everything's honky-dory, you don't feel it. But, okay, does us in the Gulf South remember uh, Katrina and, you know, and uh, I know Buck probably remember Hurricane, like, uh, Andrew and shit like that. I mean, everybody that's not here that ain't supposed to be here, oh, when one damn truck pull up with water, everybody counting people for the first time in their life, everybody looking around like, shit, man, if it weren't for that motherfucker, I'd get two cases. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same concept, you know. Um, and I think okay. shit is being too too politicized. Now, I'm, I mean, you know, I don't give a fuck about Donald Trump, you know, but, but, but what I'm saying has is nothing dealing with Trumpism at all. But at a certain point, you know, you 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 cannot sustain a certain uh uh aspect of life, quality of life for anybody who inhabits anywhere. It's not just a United States thing, it's like you have a something called capacity, you know. There's a capacity on a plane, there's a capacity is is uh, on a uh, a fucking football stadium. It's it's capacity in an arena. It's the same thing. It's like right now, it's droughts all out west, Arizona, California. I guarantee you, everybody that's, that's not supposed to be here is, is making an impact. You looking at maybe ten million people taking a damn bath. That's look how much water that is that you didn't like. Like I say, when shit get bad enough, then you know all this. You know, hey, just come on, come on, come on. That shit gonna play out real quick. But but you know, we live in high on the hog, so nobody's gonna say it because it's just like it don't matter now. But oh no, it, it matters. You know, you know. That's I mean, yeah, yeah. And 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 it has nothing to do with what country they coming from. I don't care what country they come from. But my thing is, it's just like now, the way I see it is like. You just have an equation, like okay, if we had just a nice round number, if five million, more than five million people died, but let's just say five million people died in a certain region of the United States. Okay, if five million people died, then that means we could probably take on ten percent of that easily. So five hundred thousand people can immigrate to these states or whatever, regardless of what country they come from. I mean, you have to put some kind of reason to this shit. Because it, it'll get to the point where if you're just letting everybody come and people are just coming and just coming and, 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 and you, you know, you still got to live, you're still eat, eating, you're still uh, inhabiting the place. So, I mean, you can only sustain so much. That's a good point. We could talk about a shortage in certain areas. Very interesting. Okay, okay. I think I made some pretty good valid points on that, and you can hit that up on your final thoughts. I do want to move on to the next topic and get into affirmative action, which is a situation where some people are saying that uh, certain people don't deserve certain things. But, uh, Crystal, it's been 50 years since the march on, over 50 years since the march on Washington. Blacks have made strides in society since then. Do you think affirmative action is still important, and why? Well, um, yeah, I think it is still important. Um, uh, It's important in order to hold people accountable 
um, and to make sure that they don't start just letting people in because they like them or they don't like them or whatever, you know. Um, It's the same thing, the same reason why we have no fraternization laws in companies or no nepotism in companies and things like that. In other words, to give an advantage to a person or a group of people um, with no cause just because of your opinion. So it's to regulate that. And it's basically a human nature thing. I mean, you put people in a disaster situation, we will naturally go to, we'll look, scour the room and go towards the people that we feel most comfortable with. That's just an, an, a natural human, human nature thing. And so, um, and but in this country specifically, um, and others, they're, you know, the laws are put in place um, for reasons because it, it has already been proven that um, this will happen. And it still happens today. It may happen in different ways. Um, they skirt around the law or whatever, but, it's you know, it's, it still occurs. So, yes, affirmative action does have, um, should still stay on the books, you know, but you do also want to look at, I don't like quotas. I don't, I don't agree with that. And I know affirmative action has, a, has a, you know, a, a bit of quotas that are put in place, um, you know, to give people, well, you have to have this amount or this percentage or whatever. But I, I don't really like that because I do see how it is on the other side. If you are a kid who's trying to get into school and you find out that, you know, well, every single person who got in were not necessarily, you know, equivalent your scores or whatever and they got in but of course the college getting into college is a whole weird thing anyway but they make it that way they make it abstract in order to right. do certain things so these these have to be put in place and they have to stay there so yes i think it's still very valid um and it still needs to be in place and i think it always needs to be i think i think these whether you call it affirmative action or call it something else i think it always needs to be there equal opportunity to definitely stay as a law, as a guideline, or whatever, no matter what. Okay, and we'll get to that point in, in just a second. Uh, Buck, what do you think? It's been over 50 years since the March on Washington. Blacks have made a ton of, of ground in society since then. Is affirmative action still important? Yes, it's still important. Um, it's very important because, unfortunately, for um, in this country, we still have some issues that need to be addressed. So um, I think affirmative action um, is very important, but I do think it needs to be reformed some. Um, so therefore, you know, we still be able to take advantage of the things, but I think we need to, you know, refine it so it'll fit today's times. Um, that, uh, nothing's really been changed in affirmative action in a long time. Um, so I think we need to kind of get it up to speed to where, you know, where today, to today society is. So therefore, you know, we can reap benefits from it, you know, when, it, you know, when necessary. So, I, you know, I definitely think there's a place for it into, you know, in, you know, now, because far too often we still, you know, we're still falling short. Um, so I just think that, is definitely still needed. All right, Eminem, do you think that there's some politicians out there looking to end affirmative action? 
because of Obama, you know, being right. elected. I mean, so are right. there some and, people and, out there looking to end it? Oh, and 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 that's exactly why. Because the, the fear of affirmative action was always was was, was what was happening today. You got what? Well, goddamn! Number one, that's the highest you can get. You got the president. You got uh, black astronauts. You got shit that is no way in the fuck nobody would thought niggas was gonna be doing 15, 60 years ago. <laughs> and you know, you know, you got, you know, like I say, you know, you got black people that try to make affirmative action sound like reverse racism. I like, okay, well, I tell you what, I want to see somebody black or Latino or anything I'm thinking else stay in the United States. For 10 years, if they totally took affirmative action out, because guess what? If you're not a menial worker or uh, uh, doing some shit these white folks don't want to do, you ain't finna get no damn job. And that's a fact. It ain't got nothing to do with everybody being prejudiced, but it's kind of like something Crystal touched on. It's almost like human nature is like, well, hey, you know, you know you're, you know, uh, this particular college, I'm this particular college, you know, you came out of this prep school, I came out of this prep school, and you know, I mean, but if for the, for the United States to be strong and to remain strong, then it, it, it's a melting pot concept of positivity as far as what everybody can offer. You know, my thing is, my thing is, it's not about giving nobody black. It's just that you know, at the same time, it's just like if if um, if you know, you made. Uh, a certain score on, you know, some kind of exam, and and I made uh, lesser on that exam, and, and I'm white and you're Puerto Rican or something, why should you be denied the opportunity? That's all anybody ever asked for is opportunity, you know, now. Um, you know, some people have opinions about quotas. Quotas can work two ways. You know, there is ways to make quotas look like it's something it's not. Uh, and I, I give you an example. And, and all of us remember this because this shit just stopped in the in the deep south, really just probably about 15 years ago if, or less. There were plenty of um, predominantly white, you know, institutions, you know, of higher learning where the whole goddamn team was on the basketball or football team. Now, if you just say, hey, you just got to have, you know, 50 blacks, so it's okay, well, let's get all these, these ballers, and we're done with it. But if if you don't just kind of – if you just don't kind of make it be a certain way, and I'm talking about qualified people, and I'm not talking about just getting, you know, pooped right. off the corner right. and say, hey, you in college. I ain't, I'm, I'm not being funny. But, uh, uh, but you know, but if you don't make a quarter where you got a certain amount of kids academically, you know, somebody from, because, you, you know, you know, hell, shit, I ain't met nobody from India yet that wasn't no mathematical genius or something. So how are you going to say to me, you know, this kid don't get in or this kid don't get in. If you don't do that shit, then in the long run what happens is you got a pristine white country that's going to be heading backwards because a lot of those brilliant minds, like Dr. Ben Carson, um, like, uh, uh, damn, I can't think of his last name, Degrassi, the, 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 the physicist and all that shit, Neil. all of these people won't even have an opportunity, Neil. man. What's his name? You know. Tyson, Neil, Tyson, Neil, uh, uh, DeGrasse, or something like that. It's, it's, yeah, all of these, all of these brilliant people would never have had an opportunity, you know. And, and way back in the day, okay, you see what what contributions to the United States Gary A. Morgan and Charles Drew did, you know. And don't even get me started to my George Washington Carver. Now they came along when the shit was fucked up. Imagine 
if imagine what the United States would have looked like just 50 years prior to that if she would have had affirmative action. You know what I'm saying? We'd have been telling China and Japan and Germany to kiss our ass right now. We'll be so far ahead of them technologically. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has something to offer. So anytime you tell somebody they can't do something, and this just remains a good old boy club, well, that's what's going to happen. You're not going to ever get the best and brightest. You're going to get a a mediocre system. So, you know, this country is a melting pot. Whether people like it or not, you should have left our black ass in Africa, you know, or whatever. But I'm sorry, but multiple people are in this country, you know, inhibiting this country. So you have to just, everybody has to have an opportunity, you know, and, if people don't believe it, cut it out and see how many people knock on your door to say something besides, hey, you want to be a maid or you want to be a janitor. Because you're not going to be over shit if affirmative action don't exist. We wouldn't have uh, Teron Lou wouldn't be no damn head coach at 39, giving shouts out to his hood. That shit would not happen. You know, it just, it, every, 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 the, the shit we take for granted now would have never existed. And the reason why I say we take it for granted because stuff been good for black folks for so many years, the generation that really understood what differences meant, I mean, even the people who didn't live in the, I mean, you know, people always talk about the South, but the thing about it, the South was, was uh, agricultural uh, states and shit. But, hell, this shit was fucked up in all 50 states. You know, yeah, you might not have been in no cotton field, but, you know, it wouldn't be no nigga, no damn uh, uh, CFO of, of GM or something like that. I, I put a hundred dollars on it. Now this nigga might have made good money compared to his cousin, you know, down home. But this motherfucker wasn't no damn CFO and all that. I guarantee you. But if it wasn't for affirmative action, when you put that in place, you start seeing shit popping up everywhere. You know, um, blacks and and, and Latinos. And you know, hell, look at the fucking Supreme Court, man. Do you really think that shit would happen without Supreme, without affirmative action? Hell, no. All that good old boy shit was gonna stay the same, man. You know, uh, Eric Holder, Condoleezza Rice, all, all these, man. The list go on and on and on and on. It's just like. <laughs> all right, and I appreciate that, Eminem. <laughs> And, Crystal, let me ask you this. When it comes to affirmative action, should the demographic change or shift maybe and do more for women um, to get equal pay and better opportunities in the workplace? Well, affirmative action doesn't just – it's not just a black thing. Right. You know, it may have started that way, but it's not just about that. It's about equal rights all the way around. So it is women. It is um, Latinas. Um, it is yeah, others. That's so. like it's never a focus on them. Well, that's because it's a, it's a large group um, of people, and it comes from all different walks of life. And that's, well, that's why they have, you know, um, organizations, uh, the National Organization of Women, that's why they have these things. Um, and, you know, they're branded feminists or, you know, can't suit Don't bitches. Glory, all right. Yeah, I mean, all of that. I mean, it, so, and that's fine, you know. You know, we'll be that pantsuit bitch, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. But 
you know, that's why each each minority, whatever you are, has to have, or a group of people, you know, you have to have, a, you know, an organization. You have to come together. You have to understand what you need and what you want, and you have to fight for it just like anything else. So, um, so should the shift, I mean, it's already there. Um, it's just that some groups are louder than others, uh, you know. That's really it. Some groups are just a lot of now. Actually, the shift really went to the LGBT community, and they're very loud. So. This is true. This is true. Yeah, they loud and they live in color. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So let me ask you all of this, and this is just to anyone. Um, and I got another topic I want to get into, so I'll, we need to make it brief. At what point? Well, and I'm just speaking of black people. At what point will black people say, you know what, I'm satisfied when it comes to equality in America and affirmative action is no longer needed? What would it take to get to that point? How when do I get my goddamn reparations check? Well, uh, I got the answer to that, and it's real quick. When everybody born prior to probably 1975 you know, die, die off. Yeah. No, uh, because. No. They're being reborn. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just saying that you know, uh, if if you look at a lot of the college age black kids now, it's like, you know, it's like they don't really care about anything. It's like everybody's in their own world. I mean, case in point, I mean, shit, it's it's like pulling teeth to get somebody younger than thirty to, to, to come on the show more than one time. So I mean, you or know, vote for anything other right. than American Idol. Right, right. So so they already don't care. They already think, you know, you start talking like that, they're like, man, that's old. That's like they put that back in the past with dinosaurs. Like, look, nigga, it, it ain't no future with no past. Don't let nobody fool you. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's um, something that will ever go away. I don't think it will. I don't think racism will ever go away or inequality because that's what the country was built on. So. You know, oh, I, I thought you were saying a, 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 like affirmative action. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean affirmative action. I'm just saying because right. racism. But, but see, always, this is what I'm saying though. The reason why I said that is because action. if nobody pushes for it, it's going to pass and get done away with. I don't know. I mean, at some point, you're going to start seeing politicians challenge it in the future. Right, but think about it. You think about it. You think about everybody that's out of Generation X. I think in Generation X go to about 1980. I won't even say all of Generation X. I say the ones 1975 and down, you know, you have some people still pretty acute to some of the past because, we see, we were the generation that still had grandparents and shit like that that was tied to the past past, you know, regardless of where you might have lived at, that could still relate to certain stuff. But, see, like now. Oh, absolutely. You might have had grandparents who actually knew slaves, former right, slaves. Right, right. So, 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 but so now when you take all the kids that's going to be future leaders that was born 1981 and up, just listen to them talk just day to day. Very intelligent, super smart. But when it comes to kind of like standing up for shit and stuff like that, man, they don't care about that shit. I, I don't mean people should be walking around with dashikas, but I'm saying I don't see the venom in somebody saying we're going to do away with affirmative action and, that demographic of age group just stand up and say, "Oh hell no, we can't go without this." Right. You know, they, I, I don't see that. So that's why I say, you know, once everybody die off, you know, that's. I mean, cause I was thinking about what you said about 
you know, our grandparents and stuff. My grandmother um, is 93 years old, and she's old enough to actually have known, you know, back when she was about 9 or 10 years old in the 30s, in the early 30s, um, mm-hmm. people who, you know, were part of, of, of slavery. You know, they might have been in their 80s, late 80s or right, 90s. Right, right. They was, like, probably, like, her age when she was, like, like right, a little right. girl. But they stuff. actually right. saw it, you know, and, you know, know stuff about Juneteenth and things of that nature. Um, so, yeah, there are people who were born in the 60s and 70s, early 70s, who can actually speak to someone who actually knew a slave, which is, unless you know, it really wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. Right. But uh, but you think you think of like, the mindset of most people you see speaking out about something. I don't care what it is. Most of the time, I can already tell you what age group or what age range it is. It, I mean, like I say, if it's, if it's some nonsense, you know, they'll be down for that, but it won't really be nothing that, well, you have to do it in a certain way in the democratic process, I put it that way. Now, if you just say, if you go up to a bunch of 19-year-olds and say, hey, man, you know, hey, you know, these white boys done beat up the dude around the corner. Y'all want to go, um, you know, bust up some police cars? Oh, yeah, they down for that type of shit. But nobody won't say, hey, you know, let's all sign this petition to, to keep this um, this act on. It's like, man, what the fuck is this? I mean, nobody even cares. I agree. And any time, what's his name? Uh, Jeff, uh, damn, what's his name? Jeff, uh, dude, the long dreads. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, nope. Yeah, you know him. You know him. From where? He, he used to be on a lot of hip-hop shows and stuff, but he real political. Um, Jeff Johnson? Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson used to be the young voice, but Jeff Johnson is in our age range. See what I'm saying? He's He's getting old now. So what I'm saying, the, the people that's young is old, but there's nobody taking that on. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he was some kind of leader or nothing, but I'm well, just saying, reach, like, I'm just, I'm just throwing age. some younger people out there. You reach a certain age, people stop listening to you. Right. You, you People stop listening, but I'm saying nobody took a, you know, like, Jeff Johnson kind of replaced the old guard with, like, the voices of, like, Jesse Jackson and people like that, but nobody... Right. Nobody's really after Jeff. Now it's pretty much what some rappers say, and usually they ain't caring. Yeah, you know, you know, there. Who, who's the next Chuck D? It ain't no next Chuck D. See what I'm saying? Even the people who no. are political, who, who, who really not that political. Well, like I say, man, when everybody, when these motherfuckers die, is over with. Everything that everybody done died and sweated for is over with because they don't think it's important. I don't care how much you're drilling into them. I don't care how much it's talked about, because if your peers don't think it's important, then that's just going to sound like some shit your daddy talking about after he done had a couple brews and shit, you know. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, one more topic, I guess, before I uh, wrap things up. And it's something really quick. Um, you know, LeBron James and the Clippers won the NBA Finals on Sunday, and we'll discuss that at length tomorrow. However, he was very emotional after the game. I'm pretty sure you saw the highlights if you didn't see the game itself. He was very emotional after the game. And it just seems, to you know, to a lot of people that, um, and I'm, I'm going to 
keep the focus on black men. I mean, it could be men in general, but, you know, black men, especially since we're talking about the NBA, seem to get emotional when it comes to winning championships. Now, J.R. Smith, who also plays for the Cavaliers, was asked about um, his father, you know, on Father's Day. His father was at his press conference, and he broke down crying, talking about how his dad and the rest of his family stuck with him through his knucklehead stage because he kept getting in trouble, but his dad and his mom did their best to try to keep him on the right path and how thankful he was. And there were a lot of people on Twitter who was bashing him because he was crying like, you know, he was really emotional um, when discussing his dad. So, Crystal, I want a woman's opinion on this first. Do black men only show emotions when they win championships? I mean, why is it taboo that at the birth of a child or on their wedding day or in other situations, you're looked upon as a pump if you shed a tear? Wow. Um I would I would I would not say that it's just black <laughs> men or whatever. Um, I think that people show emotion on the things that are really matters to them and touches them on so many levels. And um, you know, having a, a baby of course is um it it is beautiful and I'm sure there's plenty of men who cry but it's more of a joyous thing and now but when you're talking about just speaking to these two the situation that you're you're saying regarding it's coming to a like a like coming full circle you know it's like you know saying you know my life um you know I started out we were poor or whatever we struggled and not only am I able to prove to everybody that I wasn't a fuck up I wasn't going to be this way I'm going to I'm going to do better I I did all the things I said I was going to do that I tried to do. I made my father proud, my family proud, or whatever. Um, I'm able to help them. I mean, that's a big thing. And then to make the, um, to win, not only to to do good, but also to be successful seriously within themselves and to have the I accolades mean, of not just his family, but everybody. I mean, that's a big deal. I don't see anything I, wrong I get with that. that. I'm not knocking no, that. I'm, not, I'm, just, I I'm not I'm not knocking that. I'm knocking that LeBron was given a pass because he won a championship, but J.R. Smith yeah. was bashed on Twitter because he was talking about his dad. Well, you know, I just – well, okay, first of all, A, you have to consider the source, okay? First of all, I mean, but those are real people. Half, half of the people who were probably yaying for – uh, LeBron are also fans of the game. They're just like, yay! They're probably crying too. Like, oh my god, thank you. I live in Cleveland, but now I actually have something to live for. So, um, but for maybe the other guy, they didn't see it because they were like, well, so I don't have a dad. I don't care. My parents suck. I mean, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, they don't relate. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know. I think it's. I think when it comes to sports, you are given a pass with a lot of things because it's a, it's a manly thing. You know, it's a gladiator type. There are gladiators are, you know, what are some right. heroes or whatever. So it's like you have so many people behind you rooting for you. So they understand it because, like I said, they're probably crying themselves. You know, like, yeah. yeah. So sports is a big thing. Entertainment is huge for people. 
not just to sit and watch TV. I mean, it is it is that thing that you can take away from your life. You don't have to think again. I gotta get up. I gotta go to the stupid ass job and deal with these stupid ass people. But but when I on the weekend or whatever, I, I get to I can talk about the game or I can talk about whatever, and I don't have to think about this other shit. This is a big deal. You are helping me not have a sucky life. And so, yay for you. And if he wants to cry, let him cry because he's our superhero. He can fucking cry if he wants to. So, I mean, I just think people categorize it differently. If you watch the video of J.R. Smith, and at the end of the video, he walks across the room and he hugs his Mm -hmm. dad. His dad looks uncomfortable. I mean, his dad looks like he didn't know how to hug him. I mean, you have to see it. It's an interesting dynamic. But well, he may he may be one of those men, man's man. I mean, um, who never was able to talk to his son. I mean, this is a guy thing. I think a lot of times they they yeah. are told to hold in their emotions, and right. even though his at. dad may wanted to actually, maybe he couldn't cry. Maybe that's not who he is or what. What happened? I mean, I'm sure he loved his son, and it was probably oh, yeah. taken aback by what he was that, saying. It was probably a what surprise. I'm is that I, I know of situations where there are people who literally think that it's okay to cry if you win a championship, but for anything else, um, you're looked upon as weak. Just like the video that's going around now, some guy that cried at his wedding, and I mean, you know, he's being torn apart because of it. But, uh, Buck, what do you think about the situation? I mean, is it taboo to cry for anything other than a championship trophy? Well, I could, I could talk, I could speak on this from experience. Um, when Cordell Stewart was crying on the sidelines because he got benched, you know, everybody um, made fun of him because they thought he was less of a man. You know, there's no crying in football. But you know, J.R. Smith, you know, I know that LeBron James gets a pass on a lot of things because of his talent, talent level, and who he is, and how what he. Is. You know how he is represent. You know he's a representative of the sport, but J.R. Smith, you know he, you know he shouldn't be made fun of. I mean he's he's happy. He's just you know he's just exuberant as you know LeBron James was for winning the championship for his for his hometown, um, and J.R. Smith is equally as you know proud. And these are tears of joy, um, not to you know not. You know, you know, crocodile tears or anything like that. I mean, these are tears of joy. I mean, they. This is something. That, I mean, this is a massive accomplishment. It was a record-breaking accomplishment. So everybody on that team, whether they shed a tear or not, should be ecstatic, simply because nobody, nothing has been won in Cleveland since the Jim Brown era. So I mean, even actually, you know, it's just that you know. I don't know why, you know, Jasmine was getting so much flag about it. Yeah, maybe his dad may have looked, been a little bit uncomfortable, but the uncomfortableness of the of the situation is maybe his dad just wasn't comfortable about being on television, not necessarily not being comfortable with his own son. So, you know, it can be perceived in several different ways. The way I look at it is tears of joy. And, you know, they, they did do something that was monumental, something that, you know, they broke a couple of records, something that had never been done, coming back from a 3-1 deficit, you know, winning in Cleveland, you know, a couple of years ago when, you know, LeBron James decided he was going to do this, um, come back home, nobody, you know, everybody was kind of downing him, 
So, I mean, he, you know, he went against all odds to come back home and do this for his hometown. That means something to him. That's genuine. And, you know, hats off to him for that. But don't dog out J.R. Smith. He's just as exuberant and happy and excited, static, what have you, for, um, you know, being able to help out in achieving this this goal. Let's see. Eminem, I, 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 I'll let you wrap it up. Um, you know, I remember years ago, I can't remember. I want to say it was the NFC Championship game, Cowboys 49ers, and the 49ers beat the Cowboys like 1994. And Michael Irvin was filmed on the sidelines crying. I mean, it wasn't like a boo-hoo, but he had a tear going down his face, a single tear, because he had lost this game, a game that was important to him. And a lot of folks talked about how passionate he was, and he wanted to win so badly, and that's why his emotions came out that night. Had Michael Irvin been a guy at a company in corporate America who didn't get a promotion and shedded that same tear, wouldn't he be looked at differently? <laughs> of course, man. They probably think he's part of the LGBT community or something. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, I see y'all didn't think that was funny. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, <laughs> hey, no pun intended, that was about, people. That's- Hey, that was about as bad as my comment earlier. <laughs> right. But uh, but no, I'm saying that, I mean, in, in, in 1994, literally, I'm saying if, if you was crying at a job because of that, I was really being funny, but I'm kind of not. You probably would have been perceived to be, I mean, because dudes just oh, don't do that. And, you know, the, the, the people in that community can get mad all they want to, but facts are facts. That's no different than me saying, you know, somebody came up to me and said, well, hey, man, this 60 years ago, uh, yeah, it, somebody probably would call me a nigga. I mean, whether I like it or not, that's the truth. But um, I, I think that that the the whole point in the in the crying, I think is is deeper than that. I, I think it's pretty much what Crystal had said in something she was talking about earlier, and I, you know, it was it was kind of sarcastic, but it was it was in a in a funny way, where that's how a lot of people feel, especially in the hood. It's like um, if a kid is remotely raised by his dad, he won't be in Britain. I'm not really talking about the crying part so much, but any kind of accolade about your dad and shit like that, it's more like, oh, shut up, get out of here. You know, who has a dad? I mean, that's almost kind of like the thing, you know. Um, now, of course, foreign cultures don't, you know, identify with this shit because they pretty much still have a nice little family system, but in the urban minority hoods and shit like that, it's like that daddy shit don't exist. So nobody's going to embrace you now, whether he was crying or patting him on the back or he's saying, you know, nobody nobody embraces the athlete to say, shit, man, I don't watch my dad, you know, kind of like Curtis Martin and shit. Uh, he worked in a fucking coal mine, I think, with nine kids or something. You know, I'm going to get my daddy out of this fucking coal mine. You know, nobody patted him on the back. But if it's like LeBron, you know, I don't think he even know who his daddy is. Uh, you know, and somebody like that, you know, get their mom out the hood, then everybody's like, oh, yeah, man, that's so sweet. And, you know, all this shit that uh, Kevin Durant doing, his mom on the sideline, you know, that's his mother. I mean, I'm not knocking that at all. But I'm just saying the whole way it's looked at is totally, totally different. It's like, you know, um, 
probably the one of the most stereotyped, old-school, strong dads it is, is Barry Sanders' father or whatever. But as stern as this dude was in Barry's life, Barry was no fool. He understood that he was the player he is because of his daddy, you know, because Barry was such a soft-spoken guy, shit. If it went for his daddy, his mom would probably say, well, well, you know, Barry, you know, you, you, you don't have to, you know, play football. You can play the violin or something. And, and she would have probably been cool with that shit. And I ain't putting words in his mama's mouth, but I just know that if Barry Sanders and Michael Jordan, well, see, Michael Jordan was so great, he was almost in another category. But whenever people talk about Michael Jordan, they never reference his father other than the tragedy with his dad, you know, getting killed, and they start talking about the gambling. But dads out there don't really get shit. And I think that uh, uh, I hadn't seen a lot of stuff on Facebook like that. You know, I really hadn't been on it like that. But at the same time, I think it's deeper than just the tears. I think it's more so what it was. You know, I think if he had a, you know, if it was a Tupac situation, you know, everybody would embrace it more. But if it's something where you got a, you know, active male who made you in your life, you are the outcast. It's like, hell no, we're not going to embrace your ass, you know. So, you know, I, I think it's like, uh, I think it's kind of like that dynamic, you know. You know, and, and I think society as a whole plays a role. It's like society told men that it wasn't cool to cry and the media tells us when it's okay to cry, you know, and people follow that dynamic. And well, I, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, period. And if you do, you have to play it off to the point where it's like your eye itching or something. You can't sit up here and cry because, <laughs> you know. And and it's I fucked mean, up. It's, it, 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 like I say, my damn older sons is, is just the opposite of me with, with a lot of shit. But with emotion and stuff like that, it's just like, it's like that part is like, you know, they don't have zero emotion. So I guess that's one of the things that was successful. I mean, because like you know, with yeah, some old, some some really old school, <laughs> old school like parents from back in the day, they you know intentionally were not emotional with their sons. Um, I can't remember what movie it was, and if one of you remembers, maybe you can tell. There was some movie about. I don't think it. I don't know if it was about Jackie Robinson or Satchel Paige or some Negro League baseball player. And he told he was being raised by his grandfather. So this is back in the 40s. So his grandfather had to be born. I'm guessing back in the 1800s, right? And he told right. his grandfather. His grandfather found out that he had been invited to play on some Negro baseball team. Okay. And so he goes up to the grandfather on the porch. The grandfather never even looks at him. He's he's you know, putting tobacco on a pipe. And his grandfather says, <laughs> I, I heard that you got, um, that you're going to be playing with the, whatever the team was, the Monarchs or something um, this spring. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. And he goes, okay. And that was it. And the boy just, the guy just smiled. I mean, that was his dad essentially in his own little way saying, I'm proud of you. You know? Mm-hmm. So this is a reality for a lot of people from back in the day, and I don't think it's gotten to the point, even though we do see more emotions now, especially with social media, I don't think it's gotten to the point to where people, guys feel like it's okay to be emotional. Yeah. You know? I remember the cool, and, and Q and Buck, y'all probably remember this too, because we used to see this a lot as, as kids with older, older guys. 
you know, it's just like the the ultimate compliment you could get from a man would be like if somebody kind of like palmed the top of your shoulder, like, you know, not like a pat, but just kind of like that was kind of like a symbol of, you know, like, you, man, you, made it. You, you, you would see it like at a graduation or some triumphant event. But other than that, at yeah. the most, it they might be a handshake. Hand with one hand and they'll grab you by the shoulder with the other hand. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I'm I'm still exactly. caught up in that type of shit because, like I say, man, that that makes a big difference on a kid dealing with emotional issues and stuff like that. Because you know, and in a way, and I I I'll wrap it up, but I mean, in a way, it also see there are two ways of looking at it. Some people can look at it as you're suppressing your emotions. Okay, that's one thing. Other people can look at it as by suppressing your suppressing your emotions, it may help you deal with problems you run into in life. I mean, there's like the two ways of looking at it. I mean, there's and, a and you're missing one more, Q. You're missing one more. What's that? And this is the biggest topic over the last ten years. And I might get the clappers for this. There was uh-huh. a lot less bullying when people did that shit than they do when 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 you start being all emotional and shit. You start that shit, and you let a kid be all emotional. I mean, I'm talking about a boy. And by before they get to fourth grade, they'll be getting picked on every day. That's true. That's true. I agree with that. Because when we were coming up, um, I think there were more fights. Well, I ain't going to say more fights. There were a lot of fights when I was coming up over bullying. If a bully picked on you, you were instructed by your parents to hit that bully in the nose. So whether you wanted to or not, you had to stand up for yourself. And I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't happen today. I just think today kids have more options. And back in the day, you know, we weren't told those options. You know, you were just, my dad told me that if I lost a fight at school, I was going to lose one at home. That was my option. I had to fight, you know. And I think kids now are getting more options, if not from their parents, maybe from other avenues um, as far as how to handle bullies and things of that nature. I I, I know we run out of time, but, man, speaking of that, I saw the craziest shit. Um, at uh, one of my little events, man, uh, it was a, a a guy had brought his son. They was coming from somewhere else, and he, you know, was considering uh, bringing him to my team or whatever. And I think some of my players or some kids at the park, you know, said something to the kid. And this guy said, you know, you know, none of that matters. Basically, you know, you know, I got you, and and I love you, and that's all that matters. I'm like, man, this modern day shit is is fucking me up, cause I'm like. You know, well, you know, it used to be just like, you know, if a kid did something to you, it's like, you know, it'd be like, well, hey, you know, as long as he didn't put your hands on you, try to avoid him. You know, he put your hands yeah. on you, hit you, hit him back. I mean, what happened to that, as books say, back to the basics type shit, man? Everything too complicated, you know. It's like, man, you can't hug somebody who ain't got no rules at home. You know, see, that's what these modern-day parents don't understand. You're talking about animals, man. You're talking about kids who've just been strictly born and used for food stamps and tax returns. You know, you can't tell them, hey, you know, that's not right. You shouldn't invade my space. Man, fuck that. That nigga don't understand that. You say, man, you touch me again, I'm going to bust your damn nose. You know. You're, ex- you're exactly right because there are some people who only understand physical domination. <laughs> and, and the best advice Eminem ever gave on this show, and I wish I remember the episode way back in, I think, the 100s, and we were talking about um, being bullied on social media. And Eminem said, if you want to stop somebody from bullying you on social media, simply reply, I bet you won't say it in my face. And it's going to end 90% yep. of the audience. 
You got yeah, because, that right. Because you basically punking them out in front of the whole world. A million damn people reading that shit. Like, and they sit up there saying, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody taking the ice bucket challenge. Take that challenge. Bring your ass to my <laughs> yard, motherfucker. Give them the damn address right. and phone number. Tell them, tell them exactly where to come. Right. Know what I mean, sometimes that's yeah. that's what it takes, man. I mean, we we're you know you you have to there there has to be a time where you stand up for yourself, and that is the best advice that anybody could give. I mean, because you call somebody out. I mean, think about this: when you're being bullied, when you were being bullied back in the day, or you know, or made fun of because you had your afro was not like everybody else's or whatever. Or you you got your your Miami Vice jacket a little bit late, or Panama jacket, the Panama Jack shirt. Or some shit like that, and you're getting made fun of. You went way back. One way to stop. Yeah, I went way back. Um, That was one way to stop it. You say, "Hey, motherfucker, you know, you want to, you want to keep talking that shit, you know? Come on, come with it, you know." And you know, they were either gonna do one or two things: either they were gonna come with it, or they were gonna leave your ass alone because they thought you were crazy for fucking with them in the first place. And a lot of times, even if you lost, they still left you alone. Yeah, or they, or they get, or they got mad respect for you, and then you became friends with them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how I cut my teeth. That, 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 I mean, I wasn't known as a just a the fighting type, but uh, but the thing was, I got a lot of respect amongst my peers because I was the kid that was crazy enough to fight kids way older than me. So yeah, it's just exactly. like so the other kids they're like, well, well, we can beat this dude, and that ain't the point. We know he will fight. You know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, and that. Testosterone moment was brought to you by the Crystal Show dot com. Well, um, yeah, I would stand by that because I yeah. went through that myself. I mean, it's not like it's not unthink. I grew up in New York. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I love that testosterone moment, man. I think I'm getting a third ball. Okay. <laughs> third ball. Damn. Either, either that, or you got your balls off layaway. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> On that note, um, now I, I do have to announce this, and I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, T two T two Q may be on hiatus after tomorrow, um, after zone coverage on tomorrow. Um, my time with Blog Talk Radio has apparently come to an end after a dispute. Now, of course, there are two sides to every story. My side is the fair side, and theirs is the unfair side. I mean, but, you know, they feel as if they can provide inadequate services and require more money from me in order to participate on their network. Well, despite the fact that I truly enjoy the layout of the soundboard as well as some of the aesthetics here at BTR, it's not worth what they're asking. They're not abiding by the contract that we have in place, and because of that, I have to sever ties with them, you know, probably within the next 30 days. I refuse to be forced into piss-poor service, inaccurate rating statistics, glitches in my network that, in my opinion, are strategic in nature to allow more bandwidth for higher-profile and higher-paying clients. Phantom accounting issues, unreliable advertising revenue calculations, and and things of that nature have caused me to reach my boiling point after a five-year relationship with VTR. Uh, so, quick question. Can you expound a little bit on unfair rating? Because I'm like, I know this show should be rated high. And uh, I, I don't think all the listens are, are calculated properly. I, I, I don't. I mean, I've seen evidence of 
people who have listened to certain shows live and things of that nature, and it's just not reflecting in the calculations. But my thing is, I, I want to say to BT, BTR, to Block Talk Radio, it's been real. I was able to do a lot of great things with your help, but I will ultimately do better things now that I've decided to free myself from your two-star service. I do have some emails pending that could change my mind temporarily. However, the writing is on the wall. So whether it's now or if the response that I get from the pending emails temporarily satisfy me until a later date in the near future, I only have, uh, I guess, one thing for Blog Talk Radio that I, I just want to say and get off my chest. You suck it. You suck it. Suck Final thought. They do suck. I totally vouch for that. They totally suck. Thank you. Thank you. Final thoughts, and we we discuss undocumented valedictorians, you know, getting college um, scholarships even though they're undocumented here in the states. We talked about affirmative action and the need for it. We talked about emotional black men. Um, I was going to get into a state representative in Tennessee by the name of Andrew Hope, who's having an assault rifle, um, an AR-15 giveaway. Um, I don't know if it's part of a campaign fundraiser or what, but he's giving away two AR-15 rifles, the same weapon that was used in Orlando for this uh, massacre that you had just a couple of weeks ago. And he says he's not going to let the massacre change his mind on his on his giveaway. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something you all can check out. Andy Andrew Holt in Tennessee is giving away AR-15s. But, like I said, final thoughts, <laughs> undocumented valedictorians, affirmative action, emotional black men. Buck, I'll start with you. Great show tonight. Uh, we had we expounded on a lot of the a lot of a lot of good things we said on the show tonight. Um, you know, as far as affirmative action, I think that's something that's still needed. Um, I do think there needs to be some reform to it, um, but I do think it's still needed. Um, but there's still evidence out there that, you know, where there is a need for it as far as um, um, the valedictorian, valedictorian. That, uh, the valedictorian that ended up, uh, you know, graduating and, you know, doing it illegally. I think, you know, this is a real touchy subject. However, I think there there needs to be, you know, something needs to be done about it. And I think that's what we all are, you know, all are looking for. I know we can. There, there's no way that you can, you know, throw everybody out. But at the same time, they have to abide by the rules, just like we do. So I think that you know something needs to be done, simply because there are a lot of people that are born here in this country that were that are that are, you know, not getting what we need because we have illegal immigrants here. So I just think it's just, it's just time that it's something that has to be addressed. It's not something that we can continue to sweep under the rug. Um, and I just think it's just something that has to be done about it. Um, now, the AR-15 deal, <laughs> that's that's kind of interesting. I mean, you just had a massacre in Orlando, and then you have a, you know, have a politician giving away two AR-15, you know. And, I mean, everybody has a right to have to bear arms. I mean, I, I I get that, but the timing of this is just a little bit off, and so I just I just don't see where 
a politician needs to be uh, giving away AR-15s at this particular juncture. I mean, you got to have some sort of class about yourself uh, when it comes to that. Everybody has an opportunity to own guns and things of that nature, but this is it's the timing of it. I mean, if you want to give away AR-15, do it next year or the year after. Um, but you know, don't don't do it right now, especially when it's fresh in our minds. And, you know, there's something that, you know, that we're all kind of looking at. So, but great show as always. I hope, you know, hopefully blog, you know, they give you some good answers on blog talk. But I know you've had experience a lot of different um, issues and problems. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, some the people that, you know, put this together back in, I think it was 2006 or whenever they started or 86 or 96 or whenever they started it will you know, come through and abide by what they originally, you know, originally said. If not, you know, you have to make changes. But this is a great show. Um, we get, you know, we get good responses every, you know, all the time. We have a lot of great listeners out there. And hopefully, you know, Blog Talk Radio can see that and not just look at the, the bigger bigger pieces of pie, but look at the little guys that help make them what you know help get them where they are today. A great show, and look forward to tomorrow's show. Thank you very much, sir. And yeah, you're right. And ultimately, it may mean that I just have to go to a podcast to where the show won't be live, where it's still great for the discussions that we have. You know, with you, I have you up with you all the show legends, but it, it kind of makes it difficult for guys like. Um, a Pianchi or a Fred or a Stanley or other Q or somebody like that to find the show unless they go on the website and, and subscribe to the email newsletter. Um, it kind of moves them out the equation a little bit. So, you going to say what, Eminem? Or who? No, I was, was going to say, yeah, I, 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 I shout out to Archie too, you know. Yeah, well, Archie, I mean, he knows how to find me on, on Facebook, yeah. so he'll – but people who don't follow me on Facebook or on Twitter, you know, will probably wonder where the show goes. Some people just stumble yeah, across it. Nah, nah, man. Hey, like I say, hey, this is a capitalist country, so ain't nowhere in the hell. They, they lurking in the dark, but I, I know, you know, you good with research and shit, man. It's, it's, they got some up-and-coming competitors somewhere that, that want to get down. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh. I don't give a damn about blog talk radio because I definitely take your word for it. Then I hear Crystal amen it too, so it must be fucked up. But uh, I definitely want to keep the live call in, man. Shit, man. Anytime you yeah, get Beth nice. and the Benz to call in this motherfucker, man, you know you on. So, <laughs> you know, uh, ain't no I way in there. I just mean like random callers. I, I still would be able to have, you know, guests whenever I want, but I'm just mean like yeah. the random callers who just pop in. Yeah, like uh, Lost in uh, Idaho and just different people sometimes. Um yeah, yeah, nah, man, that 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 flavor was good, you know, you know, even that asshole that called in a couple of times, you know, uh, you know, playing and shit on the phone, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. prank callers. I mean, you know, right. pretty, that, 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 that just that, let, that yeah. just lets you know that, you know, you you're being heard. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's good for it, yeah. them to call and in I, too. I, I know, can they, say, man, I, I'm I'm upset about them ratings and shit because I'm sitting up here like, now hell, you know, I've been a legend a long time, and I'm like, nah, man, I don't. You know, shit. When two M's get stamped on something, man, that shit got to be right. So I'm like, man, nah, they they got to up them stars on that motherfucker, man. I'm serious, man. Yeah, I, I have no doubts that the ratings are inaccurate. I, 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 I remember that night that uh, Harry Thugman called in, man. That 
man, you almost broke the, the it wasn't enough lights on the phone. You know, that was a pretty big show. Yeah, that was a pretty, that was the biggest, that that was probably the biggest live show that I had. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, and I mean, like, as far as the, the, the closest live show to it, it, it was probably, and I'm I'm literally not being facetious when I say this, it was probably 10 to 15 times more than the second closest live show. So that was a big show. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, Eminem, get your final thoughts, man. Undocumented, uh, valedictorian, affirmative action, and emotional black uh, Like I said, I didn't catch the whole story on undocumented valedictorian, but I had a cousin who was cheated out of valedictorian, but that was some, um, you know, that was some, some racial shit, and that was pretty much the educational <laughs> version of affirmative action, you know, literally. Um, undocumented workers, like I say, you know, everything has a capacity. I don't give a shit what country nobody come from, but at the same time, shit, you know, hey, you can only, you know, I mean, you know, resources only go so far. And I know we have a lot of technological advancements, but, you know, you still have to use common sense with the shit. So, and every time somebody's here illegally, that makes it harder for somebody to come legally because, uh, real quick analogy, if I tell you there are ten vacancies in a room and six people are already in there hiding, well, that means I can only let four people in there. But even though I should be able to let six six more people in there, but six people are already in there illegal. But, you know, um, <laughs> you know, shit. It ain't got nothing to do with who wants a better life, shit. These niggas over here want a better life. You know, hell, I want my 40 acres and a mule, goddammit. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, right crime. now you probably just get a get a forty ounce. That's about it. <laughs> right, but all they willing to offer. Yeah, they got they got they they got liquor stores and shit on every corner here. But um, you know, and, uh, athletes crying and stuff. Like I say, you know, uh, for on the on the top end, you know, it, it just goes to show you. And this is not taking nothing away from the achievements of the Caval- I mean the Cavaliers and nothing like that, but it just goes to show you what 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 means the most in most urban areas. You know, um there's never been jubilation like that for the poor kid that was smart as hell that came out of a housing project in Harlem who became some kind of, you know, uh, physicist and was top of his class at MIT. He can't cry like that. Uh, and, you know, so that's one aspect of it. And the second aspect I already talked about is, like, you know, you can't never say that about, you know, something dealing with a daddy and shit like that, well, a biological daddy anyway, if you are in uh, black urban America, even rural America, but especially black urban America. And uh, so I think that's some, you know, psychological unaddressed things that, you know, it never is really talked about that affects black people to an extent. And uh, what was the last one? Uh, something else. Um, let's see. It was emotional black and undocumented workers and uh, valedictorians and affirmative action. Okay. Yeah, affirmative action. Last one. It's like this. Um, affirmative action, it, 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 it put it this way, in order for this country to keep going forward, we're going to still have to have it. Uh, from hiring practices, from scholarship practices, from, you know, even the Rooney Rule in, in the NFL. I mean, 
you know, it don't mean that that people are evil who don't hire black people and shit like that, but for the most part, if these damn people don't have to hire your black ass, they not in a certain in a certain you know role. Now, nobody has a problem with you sweeping and, and making up beds and shit. You can, you'll never get you'll never be out of a job doing that shit. But if somebody say, well, hey, you know, this is six figure job, you know, has a company car and all that, nobody's gonna give you that opportunity if you're qualified. Nobody's gonna give you that opportunity if they don't have to. Um, for the most part, and if they if they do, most likely it's some kind of odd dynamic, you know, some shit like the Jefferson, you know, the dude is you know white and his wife black, or you know, he Jewish and you know, I'm just saying something gonna be different about that. But if they just you know pure Yankees or whatever, they ain't finna get you know you know that's what foreigners call you know white people in America pretty much, uh, you know. Um, Nah, it's, it's gonna be the same good old boy shit. You know, it don't mean that they hate you and want to hang you. It ain't extreme, but it's for us saying, you know, you can be as high as you want to be in this company. No, that's not gonna happen. And for the people who think it is, guess what? In about twenty years, after Generation X people start, well, the ones who ain't you know done got shot or something, just naturally retiring and all that shit, then the new people ain't caring about that. They ain't giving a damn about that. So when the shit, them amendments come out, they can say they're going to get away, do do away with it. You know, nobody's going to be around to protest it. And guess what? If you think the world has changed that much, good luck. But, you know, hey, you know, I I won't be in the workforce at that point to see it because I'm like, shit, it's fucked up with affirmative action. So you take it away, hell. Man, I'll, y'all going to go ahead and kill me. I ain't picking no cotton. Fuck that. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate that. Eminem's gone on record saying he is not picking cotton. And Crystal, bring her home for me. Undocumented value. Well friends, um, Affirmative action and emotional black men. Okay. Well, speaking of emotional black men, I don't know how Eminem went from not working in a nice uh, office and being, becoming a CEO to picking cotton. <laughs> Only Eminem could uh, do that, that, make that I transition. I really don't think it's going to be that bad. But anyway, <laughs> uh, regarding the – well, what I said before earlier about, you know, the valedictorian, you know, I just think that – I applaud, of course, all the students who are able to, you know, um, stick to it and, and work hard and, and and all that and become in, in the, you know, her getting the scholarship, of course, was deserved, but it's, it's a policy that really shouldn't be allowed at this point. So that's something that we're, we're dealing with in, in this country and it has to be worked at, but Actually, right now, with everything that's going on, it's it's going to be a very slow process because it is a part of the political rhetoric, and, you know, we got two sides who are battling against it. So it's just not going to really help anything right now. It's just, I don't think, I don't think it's going to turn out well. I think they're going to do as best as they can, and if anything is done, it may just be done for a few, and it's not going to help the entire immigrant immig- system. It's not going to help everybody. It's just 
I may help a couple of people, so everybody will go away or something. Um, you know, I do want to speak on the men who are emotional. You know, I, I see what you were kind of getting at, too, and we kind of we went around it, is, mm-hmm. you know, why a certain kind of emotions okay for men. Right. I think when it comes to men, things are compartmentalized. And um, I remember when I was uh, an acting grief counselor and I would uh, counsel men who were um, grieving, you know, whatever loss, usually their wife or, you know, a parent or something. And in that moment in time that they were with me, they cried because I was safe. That's what I was there for. I was there for them to release those emotions, to talk about it completely. And they, a lot of times the guys did not need me to come back um, because they got out what they needed to get out. And a lot of um, men also when it comes to, like, for instance, losing a spouse, they tend to remarry quickly. Um, And not all do, but a lot of them do. It has nothing to do with their relationship with their previous wife who died. It's just that they want to, that's just the way they compartmentalize their emotions and the way they think. It's completely different from how women think and how we um, think about, uh, how we express ourselves. And it's not just about being allowed to express ourselves. I think a lot of it has to do with biology and the way our brains are set up and in order to do what we need to do in, in, in the wild or whatever. You know, I mean, that's just, it's an animal nature. It's just part of how we're constructed, the differences between male, the male, and the female um, animal that is human. So, I mean, I don't think that it's a bad thing. I think that now... A lot of men are more able to, things are more allowed, so therefore they are more able to express themselves in different ways. Um, But I also think that some of it is biological as well because I think our human species is changing a bit. And so um, there are are probably more estrogen in some men than used to be. Uh, And, and of course, a lot of it is um, society. And people get ragged on when they do say, okay, well, little boy, you're going to play with, um, you know, trucks or whatever, and little girl, you play with Barbie, and there it is. That's the end of that. (laughs) And so, and you dress them a certain way, and you dress, you know, but all of that is, is a part of how we are raising our children to perform in their roles of female and male, and it gets, you know, it gets torn around. It's like I can do whatever a man can do or I can do what I want. I don't have to be this macho person. And, you know, it gets confusing. And so, um, and that's why people attack because, you know, a lot of it is fear. A lot of it is uh, not understanding. Um, and I, I think it is okay and I think it's very strong for a man to cry when he wants to. When he needs to. It's not saying that, I mean, I don't want a guy who's a blubbering idiot all the time. You know, I'm like, please. <laughs> I mean, if I want this, I'd just be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, the old way a man used to cry was just simply called a nut. 
<laughs> that, that's how men release cry tears. But you know. so a man's tears is his ejaculation. Yeah. So a guy Eminem, is just basically please. crying inside of me. Yeah. That's that's okay. why that's why more babies are born when a guy going through something. You know, back okay, in I'm totally back in the day, if it was if it's Vietnam. <laughs> You know, they get ready to say, well, shit, I might die, so let me go ahead and nut in you. Yeah, you don't screw. You know, screw but, uh, <laughs> oh, but, you know, if it's something okay. emotional, you get ready to go to jail. See, the guy don't want to take out. It's a dynamic. <laughs> you know. Okay. You lost your job. Let me know. Oh, ain't, ain't no damn rubber. But, uh-uh, no, I'm broke now. Fuck. There's rubber coming out. I'm every single time. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was I'm talking about. I'm not thrown off. I'm still I know she's thrown yeah, He didn't take that shit all the way me. off the rails. Crying inside me. That's just totally turned me off. Now, I have. let me just add that to the list of why I'm, I'm not sleeping with anybody. Okay. And wow. <laughs> Damn, Eminem. Damn, what the hell? Thank you, Eminem. Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> Okay, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll just move on to um, Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, let's just go to that. Um, first of all, Blog Talk Radio is, um, when they first started out, I'm sure, even before, of course, before my time, but they actually, even when I first came in, the amount of impressions that they give as far as, you know, putting it out there, um, the stats right. um, were, were, actually, I think they were real at that point. Absolutely. And then all all of a sudden, things changed, and you know your stats were completely skewed, and you're like, what the hell? So uh, a weaker person, I guess, or someone with with you know a larger budget would say, oh well, wait a minute, I, maybe all I need is more space. So let me um, hit up for the you know the bigger premium, premium, premium or whatever, so they were trying to get more money because it, if you, I mean, because logically speaking, if I am okay, I'm getting all my stats, I'm getting people are seeing me, uh, you know, and everything, I'm like, I'm doing okay, okay, great. I don't, what, I'm doing good with the, with the, you know, the lowest package because I'm getting what I want. Now, when those things started happening and they changed all that, I was like, whoa, maybe I should go up, even though I was like, oh, hell no, because it's, it starts getting really expensive. So, but that's what they want. And then you get more people. There's a lot of people on Blog Talk Radio, and they probably have a great deal for people who are, I call them um, professional independents, which is a, basically a thing nowadays, where you have people who have a budget who are backed by, you know, companies and organizations. Uh, I see the same thing happen on YouTube, uh, where... Right they use this independent um, platform to do what they want to do and to spin it the way they want to spin it, which is great for them. Um, but they have the money to do it because it's um, the package really jumps into a major, you know, budget. It's just it's unreal how much it costs. So, and I see the same thing happening on YouTube as well. But, I mean, there are other platforms. The only difference is, um, with some of the other platforms, you, you really have to do your research and you have to, um, it's a learning curve 
You're going to have, it's, it's a really a do-it-yourself. The thing about Blog Talk Radio and maybe a few others that are similar to Blog Talk Radio, they do everything for you. All you have to do is do the content, and they'll do everything else. So, but with some of the other platforms, you're going to have to work at it a little bit more. And once you get it together, I've, I've looked into some before because, you know, Q and I have talked about this before. I, you know, I've looked into other platforms, and you're going to have to spend a little time just getting it together. But I think once you get it together, it'll be fine. It'll just go like clockwork, you know. Um, but, I mean, I hate to say you leave without another, you know, a plan, like, you know, quit your job, like, fuck all you, motherfuckers. And then, you know, the next day you're like, well, damn, I don't, I don't have a job. <laughs> so I hate to see you exactly. do that, you know. Because you're basically leaving, you know, your fans in the lurch. But you, like you said, you can still you kind of do what I'm doing now, which is the whole podcast thing. Um, and actually, I don't need Blog Talk Radio to do a podcast. I really don't. I can just do what I do um, on the other side of it and then just put it on my site because I own my website. So I can just, I can put all of that on my site. I don't even need, I can just gear people. Just like I bring people from Blog Talk to Blog Talk Radio, I can just bring them to my site and that will be the end of it. You know? exactly. So I really don't need it for a podcast. But, but anyway, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, we'll find you. And just like when you change the time and piss the box for about six months or so, um, and I'm still adjusting to 9 o'clock. But, you know, <laughs> we'll find you. Good content is fine. You know, you'll be you'll be good. So hopefully I'll, see, I'll be listening next week. Otherwise, I'll just check you out whenever you're not doing a sports show. Yeah, well, like I said, um, best thing to do is to go to TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter, and you'll be able to keep up with what's going on there. Um, or you can just keep checking on things at TalkToQ.com. Follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ, Talk the number 2Q. Many ways to keep up with what's happening and the future of T2Q. Um, in the meantime, we'll see what happens. I could be back on the air next Tuesday as scheduled, but it really depends on uh, what happens with this email response that I get. So, All right. So, again, go to TalkToQ.com for more show information and what may be and could ultimately be an announcement of something new. Subscribe to my new ne- newsletter there, and you'll get information on how to listen to upcoming shows. So, after zone coverage tomorrow, this could be my end of a five-year run with BTR. Um, so, we'll see. Thanks to TheCrystalShow.com and RealWeightOff.com. Everyone have a good night. Remember to visit TalkToQ.com to see what happens next? Talk to you all when we get into some sports tomorrow. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm going at live. Call it, go ahead. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. 
Radio World. 